Dotnet Rocks episode 748 with guest Tim Huckabee. Recorded live Friday, February 24th, 2012. This episode is brought to you by Telerik and by Franklin's.net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering video training on Silverlight 4 with Billy Hollis and SharePoint 2010 with Sahil Malik. Order online now at franklins.net. And now here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much and welcome back to .NET Rocks. It's the most uh, been on .NET Rocks guest coming right up. <laughs> I don't know, your most frequent guest. He's up there. He's yeah. in the. He's out in the in the the Forte newer Lotka roster realm. Yeah, those guys haven't been on in a while, huh? Well, well we had Rocky on a little while ago. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, what's going on in your neck of the woods, Mr. Campbell? It's uh, snowing. Yeah. Well, what do you know? know? It's weird. It's the wrong time of the year for snow, actually. It's a little late. But... It was 50 degrees last night when I went to bed, and it was snowing this morning when I nice. got up. That's how weird the weather is in Connecticut on the coast. It's a little erratic. Well, anyway, better know a framework. Hit me. Just saying. Now, I never know what you're going to do on better know a framework. Yeah. You're kind of crazy that way. I am. I like to mix it up. Yeah. So what do you got? Well, you know, in honor of our guest, Tim Huckabee, who's coming up here in a minute, uh, I wanted to find what people were saying was the worst gotcha in WPF. Huh. So I went to Stack Overflow, and I found somebody asked that question, and somebody answered that question, tinyurl.com slash WPFgotchas. And you can see there that uh, this guy has started to make himself a list of WPF gotchas, and some of them uh, include, number one, for a mouse event to be fired even when the click is on the transparent background of a control, for example, a label, and not just on the content, the text in this case, the control's background has to be set to brushes.transparent and not just null, which is the default value for a label. Okay. Little things like that'll drive you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> a WPF data grid cell's data context is the row view to whom the cell belongs, not the cell view. Hmm. When inside a scroll viewer, a scroll bar is managed by the scroll viewer itself, i.e. setting properties such as scrollbar.value is without effect. Key.f10 is not fired when you press F10. Instead, you get a key.system, and you have to go look for E.system key to get the key.f10. And now you're on. And some people, you know, have some suggestions to those things. Of course, you know, this the guy has figured out what the suggestions are already. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, that was from last February, actually, at Stack Overflow. Wow. Good site, by the way. Uh, just a great place to hang out and ask questions. It is questions the Wikipedia and, of developers. Yeah. It's full Truly. of all this great little minutiae stuff that if you have a problem, that's the place to go. Yeah. Yeah, just point your search there. You'll find it. Yeah. So who's talking to us, Richard? Grabbed a comment off of the .NET Rock site from show 739, which was our conversation with Eric Sink. Yeah. Who's always uh, a great, great guy to talk to. Very Level-headed. I appreciate listening to him. He's great. Yeah. Uh, and this comments from Jimmy Bossy, who says, Another great show. My favorite quote was, If you're happy with your source control, then don't switch. Right. It's refreshing to hear someone say their product isn't for everyone and their goal isn't being the only product left standing. Yeah. 
As to why use distributed version control, the thing I like most about the workflow of either HG or Git is local commits that are propagated when I push. As a TDD developer where my tests are in the documentation, I prefer to commit after every change. This makes it easier to walk the commits to figure out what I was thinking when I inevitably have to answer the question later, what was I thinking when I wrote this junk? Yeah. Committing to central repository of a few minutes is very disruptive to the team, but two or three huge commits a day is very disruptive for my future self. This <laughs> is my main problem with subversion at work. With Git and HG, I can commit at a micro change level and push the central repository when the entire feature is complete. Everybody knows subversion at work is a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, People fall on each side of this. We, there's lots of folks who like check in early and often so yeah. that you mistakes that you make get caught very quickly on. It's all a question of, you know, how shared are the given bits that you're working on. Yeah. The longer that a given chunk of code has been out of your site, the more likely it is you no longer understand it. So you, yeah. you really want to get that, that whole check-in build process hitting you as quickly as possible so you really get a sense that it's still going to work. Anyway, Jimmy goes on to say, uh, thanks for the Dotnet Rocks. Keep up the good work. And thank you, Jimmy. Uh, interesting yeah. comment. And I, certainly I appreciated Eric's think as well. And we're going to fire you a .NET Rocks mug. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, just write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com. And I found out that Eric Sink's a guitar player, and he has quite a collection. Indeed. He's one of your he, – he jumped all over uh, Acoustic Addicts. Yeah, yeah. He sent us a great email, too. Oh, good. Yeah, loved it. And Dev Connections is coming up March 26th through 29th. Absolutely, and that's going to be at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. And it's one. this one's all about Visual Studio 11, but uh, the SQL Server 2012 launch is also going to be there. Yeah, and you can expect to see Scott Guthrie, Jason Zander, and I hear Mr. Hanselman's coming out this yeah, time. Yeah, they always do a Microsoft day in which uh, it's all about, you know, it's all Microsoft speakers, and Hanselman's going to be there. That's uh, He hasn't been there in a while. No, it's great to see him out, and uh, they tend to do, that Microsoft day is really interesting. You want to find out what Microsoft's thinking and where they're going on technologies, that's what you get in that day. Yeah. And then there's two days of the third-party folks like us talking about the latest and greatest, how we're using stuff, you know, different mindset entirely. And the, the other thing about connections is just the diversity. Oh, yeah. You know, you buy one ticket, it's fifteen ninety five. I know you want to go to the web talks. I know you want to go to studio talks, but you might want to pop in on the cloud side or on yeah. the SQL side or even Windows. Or learn some about design or, or uh, as you said, cloud or exchange even. there's uh, and, and the IT show is happening at the same time. So Absolutely. And you know the best thing about the whole Dev Connection is by far. Absolutely. It's the 64-bit question yes. swag giveaway that we've done every year. So at the close of the conference, everybody sticks around because, A, awesome swag. I don't think there's been a year gone by we haven't given away at least one Xbox. And, B, the crazy game show that's just a scream. Yeah, so Richard and I basically uh, ask trivia questions, and we pull your name out, and we get you up on stage, and you answer the question, and you win the prize, and, uh, you know, it's fun. And sometimes we give hints. Sometimes. Sometimes. So come out to Dev Connections, March 26th to 29th, and you can look it up. More information at devconnections.com. We'll be there. And before we bring on Tim for the umpteenth time, let me tell you that Pluralsight provides comprehensive developer training online. They have nearly 200 hardcore developer training courses authored by MVPs and industry experts. They release 8 to 10 new courses every month. 
and they offer a free 10-day trial, giving you 200 minutes of access to their vast library. Pluralsight offers a wide range of developer training courses, including coverage of iOS, Java, Android, web development, and pretty much anything you can think of on the Microsoft stack. Try Pluralsight today. Subscription plans start at just $29 a month. Yeah. Awesome. And with that, let us introduce Tim Huckabee. Called a .NET and smart client industry pioneer by the press, Tim Huckabee is CEO of Internology. Are you still CEO of Internology? No. <laughs> we got to change your bio, man. No, and screw you two. I can hear you talking about me being on DNR. You realize I can hear you, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not like I'm begging you to be on this show. I do have a job, for God's sake. In fact, I've turned you down a few times in the last couple of years. I'm all about spreading the love. And, Absolutely. And uh, one of your best episodes, I thought, was Dan and Danny from Internology Talks. Oh, about those that. guys were awesome. Those guys were so much fun, too. Yeah, yeah they were. Smart guys. Super smart guys. So I guess we're not going to read your bio, but tell us what your current title is. Well, I... As you two well know, I thought, I, you know, I stepped down from the CEO role at Internology about a year ago right. because the CEO role is really a crappy job. <laughs> no, no, it's because, uh, you know, I still own the company and, and you know, do the strategic uh, technical stuff and marketing. Um, but I wanted to get back to my product roots, so I started this interactive software company whose first suite of products are... Um, Interactive kiosk and digital signage. Yeah, that's great stuff. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been challenging and fun and exciting and reinvigorating. The kiosk stuff is all WPF and what in in services and what it, what exactly are you using in that? It's funny you say that because I'm late to this uh, DNR from a little screaming session in the conference room having to do with architecture. Uh, but being that said that we run a WPF Silverlight and, uh, you know, the world demands iOS solutions these days. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> so even Internology builds software in iOS these days, hmm. um, which of course is challenging. Um, and then God help us. We will have to build an Android client. We'll probably sub that out to someone who's, uh, has expertise in it. Uh, but we believe, you know, the kiosk is more than just a 42-inch thing on the wall. It's also, you know, a smartphone and, and a variety of other form factors. Like, is that really a kiosk at that point? No, you think of a creative name for it, and uh, it's I'm a all sign, over right? It. It's a, it's a like a, it's a video feed. I was in the bank the other day, and they have one of these in the bank, and you know, they they go from quick uh news bites about celebrities and things like that to local weather and traffic advisories and uh and then they switch to you know the 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 rates on mortgages that that bank right there is offering and all this while you're waiting in line you know to make a deposit or something right so that's us and uh I would call that I would call what we do um interactive content manageable cloud based assortment of digital and web-based assets. And yeah. The short, the short name for that is Interactive Kiosk. Okay. It's a very Microsoft-sounding title there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Digital signage, I think, works really well. Yeah, or Interactive Digital Signage. You know, It's content managed, right? So we can we can skin it in real time. Right. So, like, I was at the, the NRF, the National Retail Federation show in New York a couple of weeks ago for the Surface launch, 
And in that show, the kiosk was running on the new Surface in a retail-type mode. It had all retail digital assets and hmm. scenarios and such. But uh, I just came back from Hims, the largest healthcare conference in the world in Las Vegas in, in, in the Microsoft booth there. It had a healthcare spin and x-rays and, you know, WebMD and, and uh, 3D, you know, anatomical views of stuff and such. Uh, it's really quite a compelling solution, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, the kiosk thing is—it's is, hard. It's a hard sell when you—you you just think of a kiosk, you think of a piece of hardware. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Need a new name. But our our uh, real differentiator and all the excitement, of course, and I think the reason you asked me got to come on is is um, connect. Right, yeah. it's audio and gesture driven. Well, and you've said this before, and I never let it go, which is most of the places where you put one of these interactive gizmos is not a place where I'm willing to touch anything. Yeah, so yeah. the use case I use most often, especially when I'm on stage, because it resonates so well, is you know I live in Carlsbad, California, but I so I have to travel through LAX. And if, right. If you've been to LAX before, you know that it is one of the most disgusting places <laughs> in the world. You know, you do you do not want to touch anything right. when you're in LAX, let alone a computer screen that everyone else has touched, right? Right. But walking up to it and yelling at it, saying, you know, United Airlines Denver and having your flight come up or or you know, waving at it to the local restaurants in town is a this very legitimate use case that everyone can get their arms around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think the problem with the the talking to it is just the 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 noise problem, which in indeed is a problem not just in a noisy airport, but even in a doctor's office where there's just chatter in the background or Muzak or something like that. It becomes very difficult to recognize uh, things, and so you have people yelling, and that doesn't work either. You know, Carl, I might have I might have agreed with you three months ago, but in the new bits and the new device, uh, the fidelity of that. What it, this is your world, not mine. That multi-spectrum microphone. Yeah, the microphone is dramatically arise. better. Okay, good. Um, and this is this is exactly what I want to talk about because, believe it or not, even though I have done gesture pack for the last version of the Connect, which was all gesture recognition, and you've been demoing it, and it's been awesome. Um, when this new version came out just a couple of weeks ago, I honestly have been nose down in other things, and I haven't even cracked it. So I'm counting on you to fill me in about uh, about what's in there. Okay. So, and, and Richard and I have been strategically um, um, talking about how to deliver the good news, bad news here. So, as you <laughs> well know, uh, the, your demo, your gesture pack, is such a great demo for me. Yeah. I use it in keynotes. I use it everywhere. It just resonates so well with developers. And you That's show great. a little bit of code, and you can say like, "Hey, and look how easy this is." Yeah. And then the Connect team came out with their production SDK, right? And broke every interface they have. Oh man. <laughs> and your app no longer runs. In fact, it's going to take a significant amount of work for you or for us if you give us the blessing. Yeah. To put the damn thing back together. But do they still have an event that essentially updates 30 times a second and fires you yeah, all that yeah, data? Yeah, yeah, sure. But but think of it like this. Uh, and, and I am a good news, bad news guy on this. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there, are some, there are some just fantastic stuff that surprised us in, in the production bits. Uh, but it also broke everything, literally okay. everything. 
So they introduced the, um, I guess you'd call it peer-to-peer support for Connect. That's mostly what broke every API. Okay. Meaning you have to iterate through the Connect devices that your software is talking to now. Right. You still had to do that before. I mean, there was all the all the devices that were available, and you find the device. Okay. Uh, well, they broke API to it, which means everything you do is now changed. Huh. So the joke I was joking with them the other day. I shouldn't say this on your show, but you know we're all a tight knit community of you know, 10 gazillion .NET programmers, right? Right. right. Um, I was joking with the Connect team, and, and the guy, I can't say his name out loud, but he goes, oh, why don't you just do a global search and replace of a semicolon? <laughs> 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 and it just, uh, that's not the case. So suffice it to say, internology is um, retrofitting as we speak. Hmm. And in some cases, it, it's really painful. You know, we're, we're not looking at your code, Carl. But um, you're, you're going to have to put some work into it. Yeah, you I need will. a 28-hour day. Yeah, I, I plan on it. Um, I, my thing is that as long as I have the data, the analysis will probably not change. You know, I, I, data is data. It's just a, an array of bits, you know. And so, And by the way, I need you to finish that by the time Dev Connections comes up. Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. Because <laughs> I'm really counting on that demo. So just one other question, because the good news, bad news thing is there gesture recognition built into it? Because I've seen some stuff on the web now that, you know, it this is enabling gestures. Yeah. Um, well, it's certainly a lot harder to do that. It, uh, I, I, I don't know what tree you're trying to bark up, but it was really easy to do body tracking and do simple type Hello World applications. Mm-hmm. And um, that is no longer the case. It's but there's no gesture recognition built into the SDK, though. Yeah, well, sure there is. What, what, what do you mean by that? Well, the the SDK, uh, the the version that I had, just passed you the data, and and I had to write the the stuff to recognize gestures. Is there a gesture recognition part to the SDK now? Okay, well, I think we're getting into semantics here, um, because what you're calling a gesture is it not true that you're just saying you know you measure one point. And no, that's, that's doing it by that hand. Gesture. That's what I'm doing. But is there a higher level kind of, you know, no, pose and we'll record it? Oh, okay. No, no, right. no. So like the physical therapy stuff we do, yeah, yeah. where a gesture is 25,000 points and it's got to be, you know, absolutely accurate. That is a tremendous amount of work. Okay. And still is. And still is. If it's so, not more work. Okay. Yeah. Tim, I'm presuming that Microsoft did not break all the APIs because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be you know, we remember we used to have an RD manager that that used to tell us constantly, "Please don't speculate about what Microsoft's doing." Right, and we would always speculate. <laughs> we were anyways, always right. right. That's our job. So one yeah. might <laughs> one might speculate. Um, well. There are some things that appeared that you could draw some conclusions from. This macro mode, total surprise. Hmm. So, so maybe I should tell the, the audience that there are now two different connects. Right. There's a connect for the Xbox, and, and those are the 18 million that are deployed. And, and, then, and I believe that's an accurate number, maybe 20 million by now. And, and then there's this new connect for Windows that is specifically designed for us .NET folks to build applications for that runs in Windows software. And right? it's a new device. Yeah, to- it, I mean, it looks the same, but yeah. it is hardware different, and it most certainly is software different. It almost mm-hmm. looks like a, you know, 
a robot with the eyes on it, you know, and it has a little Windows logo on the side. It almost looks like a little robot. Oh, no. I, let me I, – I <laughs> there's one in my office here. I have to stare at it. Uh, to me, it looks exactly the same. Okay. But, but magically, you know, we go through this whole tap process and this beta process for, for months, maybe a year. And then they, they ship a production bit set and device just magically. We had no idea they were going to swap out the device. Yeah. No idea. Now, it uh, also, we had no idea they would have some new features like this macro mode. Okay. Now, why? So try and think of a use case where your face would be six inch, inches in front of the Kinect or, or, or something would be six inches in front of the Kinect. Is that what macro mode is, a close-up? Yeah, up close. It's got enough because if you walked within too close to the Kinect, yeah. you know, the Xbox Kinect, freak out. It, it would lose you. Right. And, that, and too close was like three feet? Yeah, three feet. I believe that what is what it is. So now you can get within okay. three feet, and it can track you. Wow. Now, three feet, you can't be doing any arm waving, right? Right. So if you want to draw conclusions, one might also speculate that, you know, there's some API support for facial recognition. Yeah, there's got to be. Yeah. So, you, so if we're not supposed to speculate... Um, then I'm doomed because to me that says this is going to Windows and they're going to do the the connect based authentication mm. and connect's going to be in every computer every Windows computer you know maybe in a year from now that yeah. that's my that's my speculation I mean why else would they do that right I cannot think for an of an up close use case other than facial recognition and maybe fingers well, if you want to flip it off to get a restart, you know. Well, yeah, because control later. Currently, yeah, my that. exercise program doesn't recognize the bird, nor does it, you know, the f word. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, you know, it keeps going, and I say, <laughs> f and stop, you know. You know, I do think that uh, you know, in the close range mode, you still could wave your hands at it, but it, you, you might not be able to see the whole arm. I guess it depends on how close you actually are. I'm still convinced it has the fidelity to read how many fingers. If you flip it off, it could, it yeah. could get that gesture. Should be able to get, yeah. Finger recognition, away. facial recognition. Wasn't there a demo when Kinect first appeared where they showed here's what the future's like and they had an avatar with the facial expressions of the person? Yes. All those smoke and mirror Xbox demos included mm. that. Right. And we were, of course, like, holy crap, that's yeah. awesome. So maybe yeah. that's what's coming. Uh, I, that's what I'm speculating. I, I, I just can't imagine them doing that other than, hey, the Windows team has finally bitten off on this, and, um, you know, Windows 9, I assume, will have uh, complete Connect integration from API all the way to functionality. Hey, you, you know saying- what I could write with that? I could write a program that analyzes your guitar playing. And this is what I love about Connect and Gesture and Nui and Audio. It, it just generates the most awesome ideas mm. and use cases. Everyone I talk to is like, it could do this then and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just a fun world to be in right now. Yeah, certainly is. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our friends at Telerik. Do you ever wonder if there's a shortcut to the Windows Phone 7 Marketplace? A way to get your apps there faster? In fact, there is a shortcut. It's called RAD Controls for Windows Phone. The suite from Telerik offers functionality such as animations, transitions, gauges, and much more that you don't need to write yourself. Another asset of the suite is the fastest list box control available anywhere. 
And being one of the most widely used controls in Windows Phone 7 applications, it's quite a serious advantage. If you care what other developers have achieved with RAD controls, you can check out their showcase section. More than 50 selected apps. Some of them, such as My Stocks and Mood Swing, are among the top-selling apps in their categories. If you haven't played with Telerik's RAD controls for Windows Phone yet, download a free trial at www.telerik.com slash phone DNR. Yeah, quite profound. But still, I'm wrestling with why they broke everything. What Did they add new features yeah, in? So, it, you know, it, we the three of us have been working for with Microsoft for over 20 years, right? And I cannot remember, I cannot remember a, a beta program and an early adopter program where they threw so many surprises and broke so many things uh, from the final beta to the production bit. Hmm. And I've been around a long time. It's just interesting to me. Um, and interesting in a fun, kind of smiling way, you know. It, we we love the thing. We adore the thing. I think it's the future, certainly a huge part of the future of uh, user experience. So, you know, we're going to do the work no matter what. But, you know, let, let's be honest. There, there are some of those open hack people that are bummed. Well, the, you know, they, back to Richard's idea, they didn't do it for fun. They must be setting themselves up for... An, another version that has features that are going to rely on this new architecture. So, yeah. 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 So you might even be able to speculate further by looking at the architecture that they're laying out, which I am at a disadvantage because I have not seen yet. So The other thing that's exciting to me is this idea that supporting four connects at once into one machine. Yeah. Let's just... Let's just ponder for a moment. One in each corner means. of the well, room. Well, you know what a great use case is that we're working on right now for retail is, um, you know how hard it is to triangulate a location of a person, especially when they're inside. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've done it here at Internology with wireless access points, but that only gives us like a third, a ten meter. You know, we can pin you down within ten meters. Right. But technically, if if connect if we get the fidelity out of the connect like we think, <laughs> holiday <we're> time. <laughs> well, you could triangulate. You're not even triangulating at that point. You yeah. are physically looking at people and pinning them down to within, I would think, a two inch resolution where they are in a store. And if you knew exactly what where they are in retail, at least, and knew what they were looking at, and then. Maybe notice that they looked at the same thing at a at a the same store in a different city. Dude. Right. You in a retail scenario in the Actus thing, you could upsell these people. I like, hey, I don't want to go to that store. At, uh, what, in <laughs> in Carl's world, you've been looking at the Fender guitar uh, in Seattle, and now you're in New London, Connecticut, looking at it in no, Guitar Center. That's creepy. You me want twenty percent off? No, I, you know I, that that is re- a realistic future of retail scenario that at uh, Actus we are really hoping to build. That to get scares it from me, proof dude. Proof of concept out to production. I'm sorry, but as a consumer, that scares me. I don't like that. At oh, all. that's Big Brother. I'll tell you some other Big Brothers. The the Big Brother stuff that um, is most terrifying um, is uh, at least terrifying for me. Is you know we could do a lot with Connect, but because of privacy laws. We're not allowed to, and 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 you can understand why. But as the law in the United States is written right now, if we identify the demographic of someone staring at the kiosk as under, is it under eighteen? 
there's different there's different levels of securities. There's under 18, there's under 13, and then there's 12 and under. Um, we basically have to ignore them. And, and we can do this with Connect quite easily. We can, if you're, you know, the advertiser, we can tell you who's looking at your ad and what demographic they're in and for how long they looked at the advertisement. Mm-hmm. We can do that with Connect. But as the law is written, uh, we have to ignore um, under 18s because of COPPA. I don't know what that acronym is, but it's Child Something Protection. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting stuff. Now, you guys know a bunch of this already going on. Have you seen this, the, the Target story with the pregnant teenager? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, someone sent me a link to that the other day, and uh, uh, we're talking about U.S. only. So there is a, there is a giant uh, Canadian retailer that we're talking to, Richard, um, that where... where you know, we could do a lot more Big Brother. So Target is just taking a look at people's buying habits, right? What they buy and correlating it with other work that, you know, other relationships that they have within the store. So, you know, if you've, they have your contact information, they can usually figure out who you are when you were buying. And when they see changes in buying habits, they know uh, that things are going on. So the consequence of this is they've now gotten very good at predicting when a woman is pregnant by the, her buying behavior, and so they start sending coupons for baby stuff because Target's That's got the brilliant. problem of being a department store, so maybe you only go there for cleaning supplies, not even knowing they have baby stuff there, right? That's their business. So there was an incident in Minneapolis not that long ago, earlier this year, where a teenage girl started receiving coupons for Target for things like baby clothes and cribs, and the father flips out, screams at Target about this, like, what are you doing, and then finds out she's pregnant. Wow. Jeez. So they were right and had, you know, predicted it accurately. But she had to opt in. Let's let's make that clear. She had to opt in. In in anything we do, you have to opt in. Meaning yeah. in the active scenario to get the free wireless internet, you know, as you enter the store, um you have to opt in and say, "Yes, I accept." Basically, "Yes, I accept to be, to get free wireless internet. I accept to be tracked." You know, well, so you, she did opt in. That's the way the law is written. My right. thoughts about that are this, because every, every store has a card now, you know, you, a rewards card, right? Loyalty. Loyalty yeah, card. Yep. And nine times out of ten, what I've noticed is that as soon as they employ the cards, prices go up by two and a half, three percent. And then if you, you know, or more. And then if you have the card, you can get the the price that it was before the card was implemented. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's sort of like, Retail prices went up, and then, you know, if you want to, if you want to get the actual price that you would have gotten, you have to let us track you. That is most certainly the case, in my understanding, for grocery stores. Yeah, you you can't get any of the sale prices. No, um, unless or CVS you their or Rite Aid or any of those stores. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the the world of retail is changing, and I'm learning a lot about this. I can't pretend to be an expert. But, you know, I'm not uh, but, so sure I like that. I mean, that's basically a tax on those who don't want to be tracked. Well, remember, it's it's always going to be opt-in. Right, but you, it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you though? don't I have mean, to like it, Carl, because I, you I'm you thinking of it more choice. as a tax. You know, if you don't like that Vons does this, then go to your local private grocery store. Yeah, that's true, but they're all they all do it, though. And it's sort of it's sort of almost like a tax, like a like a collusion almost. Do you know what I'm saying? 
That's the way. Oh I see God, it. I'm with you, brother. I'm all about anti uh, or, or privacy laws. I absolutely believe. I think it's an American freedom. Like I think, uh, I think there's a more interesting uh, uh, application for connecting security, especially now that we have, you know, we're looking down the road at least, or speculating. I got to make that clear. We're speculating about security and, and authentication and facial recognition and all that kind of stuff. Well, certainly for an inexpensive biometric solution, it does have potential. You know, the, the, the real biometric systems out there are extremely expensive. And the yeah. Connect is what, like 200 bucks? Right. Like that. You know, Dr. Neil had a, um, a bunch of guys in his group all brainstorm on things that they could write with it. And one of the simplest and most effective pieces of software he told us about was uh, just simply a uh, a security camera that was instead of just being motion sensitive, which could be triggered by leaves or trees blowing out the window or, you know, a bird flying by, is human uh, actuated. So if there's a human in the room, camera goes on, starts recording. And that's like three lines of code. Yeah, yeah. The Connect does that natively. In yeah. Fact. In fact, that's how we wake up the kiosk. Right. So, you know, if someone walks in front of it, you know, Connect is immediately grabs you, and boom, the kiosk goes out of what we call a, a track mode, which is nothing more than a screensaver, and right. and into kiosk mode. Technically, you know, in in the future of retail, we could say, "Hey, Carl, yeah. welcome back." You know, here's your twenty percent coupon. Mm. Well, because the Xbox Connect will tell me from my daughters. So you got to think if you've gone past the same kiosk a few times, you know that person is the same person. Well, and if you if you've done any work with the SDK, you'll know that you when you get this metric data, you get lengths and widths and heights, and you get the measurements of all the joints. You know the the lines from joint to joint, and you can simply measure those and save them. And then when somebody walks in, you pull up the you know the uh, the 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 list of people who they are, and you can identify them just simply from their body shape. And then there's the opposite scenario, which I think, Carl, your your gesture pack is so brilliant at and, and really woke up my engineers is that if you're just waving at a kiosk and going next, 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 you know, you could be three feet tall or you could be seven feet tall. So right. you have this giant error factor. Right. And it's perfectly acceptable because all you're doing is waving from left to right and from right to left. Right. You're basically restricting the number of variables that are required in order to recognize the gesture. Yeah, the usability, you know, we thought that, you know, just Windows-based software usability was difficult. You, you pulled the Connect into it, and wow, we have usability yeah. arguments all the time. Rodney Guzman and I had one yesterday, and I just think he's totally wrong. <laughs> it, was, it was, you know, it was basically, do you use a pinch gesture with your hands to zoom in on something? Or do you just put your hand in front of it and move it forward and back to Zoom? Yeah. I'm the latter, he's the former. You know, because he wants a more intricate gesture. Yeah. A more, and, and I'm like, who cares about the error? You're just Zooming. You know, if it doesn't work, you do it again. Big deal. Right. You know, certainly if you're on the operating table, that might be a complication. There's also a question of what's a more natural gesture. You know, pulling your hand backward and forward from a screen I don't know if it's as natural a gesture as a pinch. Yeah, you're right. So there, therein lies his argument. Rodney would be the CTO of, um, of Internology, and I, I assume you've had him on the show before. In fact, I know you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's arguments for both sides. And, and that reminds me of another use case 
uh, I just came back from that healthcare conference, right? And um, the sterile environment thing is such a legitimate use case. Oh, yeah, that. right. Can't touch They can't things. touch anything. Yeah. Right? So every, I sit on this Microsoft healthcare board, and every CEO of all those big ISVs in the healthcare space are like, we have to have a connect interface to our software. I'm like, yeah, bring it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Surfing the web? Yeah, you ever try to surf the web on your phone? It's a little small. Especially when you're looking at a big list like the new feature list for Active Report 6. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we've been using it for 15 years. You know, the coolest new feature, I think, is the new Silverlight Report Viewer. What's cool about it, of course, is it's both native Silverlight for printing, but it's also got PDF support. So that really minimizes the amount of data that has to come over the wire. Makes it a lot more efficient. Well, we've been looking for a good solution for Silverlight data viewing. Yeah, it's a great product. I, I think I'm going to order it. Not on that. No, not on here. I'll go to my desk first. Active Reports from Grape City Power Tools. Smarter components for smarter developers. The other one that was crazy was uh, uh, Mark Miller and Seth Juarez with their yeah. gesture <laughs> keyboard. I yeah. love those guys. <laughs> where, where it's basically like your yeah. arms are in these cylinders that are all the different characters, and you have to pull them backwards and forwards and rotate them yeah. to get to the keystroke you want. Those two just that's, crack me up. That's a little yeah. crazy. It's cool. I mean, the problem with that is now we're we're totally expect them to do something even crazier at each, yeah. each conference we go to. Yeah, yeah they, they do have up to keep the bar. one upping themselves. <laughs> I just don't know that we could type all that fast, rotating our arms and pulling them backwards <laughs> and forwards. Right, or playing the remember playing the guitar to sling Visual Studio Code. Yes, that yeah. Miller did. That's awesome. <laughs> I think God I believe he was him. playing Beatles tunes. <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, he was. I re I recorded those samples for him too. That he Too used. funny. That was great fun. You know, they, those guys are just full of great ideas. And, you know, I'm I'm not so sure they're full of practical ideas. It doesn't matter, though. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Up. That's what matters. They're very, very cool. Yeah. Have we spent enough time talking about the the voice capabilities, the microphone array and connect here? Just Because that seems like the thing that nobody's taken advantage of in the Xbox space at all. Yeah. Well, you know, we're we're building uh, obviously um audio controlled software now because sometimes a, the gesture just is too hard. Go let's yeah. go back to the LAX use case. Mhm. Mm you know, you don't you don't if you're if I get off my airplane in LAX from Carlsbad to LA, I get off and I'm looking for my connection to Seattle. Right? I'm walking as fast as I can. And I go by that kiosk and stopping and then sticking my hand out in a stop like motion you know, to make a selection, yeah, it's not enough. But running by it and screaming at it, Denver, or, or in this case, Seattle, United, and it comes back and zooms in to gate, well, that would be gate 84 right. in LAX. That's kind of depressing, I know that. Yeah, you know which gate is for what flight. <laughs> right. Well, it's going to be anywhere from 81 to 87. But yeah, <laughs> um, that, that's a legitimate use case, and uh, I think... You know, where we just see decent fidelity, uh, a good test was at this healthcare conference where, you know, there's 100,000 people and 50,000, it seems like 50,000 vendors. Right. So on the show floor in the Microsoft booth, it's complete chaos. It's the loudest place in the world. Yet, if the Kinect had tracked you and you were shouting commands at it, it did a very good job. We, we did this touchless OR demo app for them, you know, touchless operating room. Right. And if you were shouting, you know, next X-ray, next X-ray, or zoom right. in, it worked just fine. We're great. You know, the U.S. military isn't going to use this to steer, you know, their their 
their tactical warfare machinery. Hey, Richard, guess what time it is? It's that happy time again. Time to give away a Telerik Ultimate Collection to a lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. They're growing in numbers, and if you want to be a fan, just go to .netrocks.com slash fanpage.aspx or click on the Get Free Stuff button at the top right of our website. And today's winner is Murray Foxcroft from Surrey in the UK. Woohoo! Congratulations, Murray. I'm giving you a golf clap. Very nice. That's lovely. Lovely. And Murray wins a Telerik Ultimate Collection. Yeah, that's a $2,000 monetary value. However, even if you bought it, it's $8,000 worth of Telerik software. So it's basically everything they do that they sell. And uh, it's all yours, Murray, just for being awesome. And that's not all. We have more to give away. We're going to give away one of these every show. Grape City's going to be giving away some stuff pretty soon. And... In December, we're going to be giving away $5,000 worth of technology. So you really ought to just go sign up. It's a no-brainer. Easy to do. Easy to do. All right. I got a question for you, Huck. Yes, sir. This Connect for Windows was supposed to be out February 1st. That was the expected date. Is it out yet? Because I went to Amazon.com and I put it in my cart and it says it usually ships in one to two months. What's up with that? Uh, It's out. It's shipping. I can't speak for Amazon, okay. but um, the official launch date was like February 23rd, something like that. Is there a shortage? Oh, wait. It's February 24th, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I, You know, I'm sorry. I don't. I guess I don't know the real answer because we have a gazillion of these things around here. Okay. And we got them, you know, before they shipped. All right. Uh, I'll I find know one. that it's out. I know that it's out. All right. I'll find one. And the Microsoft Store sells them, too. You can order from there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about Amazon, but I know that it's out. It is available on Amazon. It's just uh, a long delay. Yeah, a long delay, apparently. So I guess the real question here is getting away from the sort of exotic apps. Does it make sense to throw a Connect for Windows onto every desktop machine? If it's inexpensive, you know, does it make sense to have a camera in every notebook? Well, they yeah. are it. they're there I mean, now. If it's in a, you're you're going to get a camera whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. You're going to get, shoot, in a couple of years, you're going to get multi-touch whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's inexpensive and doesn't drive the price of the hardware up, then I absolutely say yes. Yeah. And that's what I predict is going to happen, Richard. And, and we've seen this time and time again. Mm-hmm. The hardware just gets cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Well, and it, it sort of begs the question, what will what what is Office going to do with Connect? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the, the obvious use cases in BI, uh, you know, pivot tables and such. And, you know, zooming in and out and waving data around on big screens and stuff like that. Um, but I, th- I think Office is still struggling with how to implement in a metro type way. You know, so I, I doubt they're even thinking about it in a gesture type way just yet. But Audio Bay, uh, you know, the bold promise is voice control of software. Right. We've been trying to figure it out for 20 years, right? Yeah, and this yeah. might be the hardware that does it. And by the way, you can, uh, I, I did a DNR TV on improving accuracy of speech recognition in, uh, u- using Microsoft Speech. So dnrtv.com, you can check that out. I have some tricks. Oh, I will. And now you used, are those the bits you used in your gesture pack app? Yeah, exactly. Okay, good. I'll watch that. Because basically there's a couple of things you can do to, you know, here's the problem with speech. Uh, you want a wake up word, you know, you don't want to have to, you know, like Star Trek, computer. Beep, 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 right? right? But I want to be able to say the word computer in a sentence without it recognizing it. So there's a trick that you can do to make that happen with .NET. And, and there's that 30 Rock episode, you know, where they're, they're the 
video. Did you see this episode of Thirty Rock? No. Where they're speaking to the television. The idea is they're going to get rid of the remote control. Uh huh. And just you're just going to speak to your TV. Yeah. Well, fortunately, the TV speaking at the same time. Yeah. And it's, you know, interacting with with the software, the TV. Right. And, that is yeah, a problem. That, that, that's the tricky one. That's that's where I love your app and some of the stuff we do. I mean, it only recognizes certain audio commands, so right. all the background noise doesn't matter. Yep, that's it. Well, and isn't Xbox offering that now? Isn't this the whole Xbox TV experience using Connect? I I you are probably more up on this Xbox thing than I am, and I know a little bit of the NDA stuff, but uh, so I can. I can tell you we're counting on an in-room hotel experience that is Xbox-driven and totally Windows programmable. That I'm counting on that. The Microsoft keynote at CES is where they were saying, you know, I want to watch this movie to the Kinect, and then it was pulling up, here's uh, how much it'll cost to watch that movie from Hulu, here's how much from Zune, and here's how much from Netflix. Right. Which one do you want to watch? Right. Yeah, I'm counting on that to happen. Yeah, it, it was all smoke and mirrors, of course, but um, one might speculate Xbox 2, if that's what you guys call it. Xbox 720? Is going to have an extensible platform. I mean, you think about it, it's the perfect in-room hotel solution for Actus. Absolutely. Hmm. 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 You just don't want Connect looking at you and your behaviors in the hotel room, right? Well, wasn't there a great story during the beta of the Connect where they were actually capturing all the video images of everybody using it so they could understand what the problems were and finally had to send out a message saying, please do not test the beta of the Connect naked? <laughs> we don't need to see that. I've heard stories like that. I have heard stories like that about um, when they were originally testing gestures for Connect. That and... Um, you know, freaking out the conservative religious people from other areas of the world at Microsoft, you know, that it was the devil that was right. tracking them. <laughs> now, the other element I've been looking at now, and this is not necessarily Connect per se, but Connect-like technologies in smartphones. So yeah, and, and let's not pretend Connect's going to have competition. In fact, it already does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the value prop, for the Microsoft thing is being able to do it in .NET, right. run it on Windows, of course. But there are there, it'll have it'll have that, and 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 frankly, there's some 2D solutions out there. You know, Connect is a 3D camera. There's some yeah. 2D compelling stuff out there. I get that is, all the time. You know, like hey, if you're going to do facial recognition to Connect, why not just do it in the 2D stuff that's already out there? And the patented hmm. answer is, well, Connect will do it with a lot better fidelity. Yeah. Right. Wow. Uh, just my brain is exploding. And again, you know, just that I really haven't seriously haven't taken an hour just to sit down and think about what all this new stuff means. I'm, I've been blown away by it. But now, you know, the ideas about analyzing your 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 fingering for for playing guitar or, uh, you know, if if indeed this is really where we're going with connect, you know, finger and face. There's just so many things that we can do now. Wow. Yeah, I like yeah. the idea of the machine being able to pick up on your mood, like just being able to register delight or disappointment. And there are facial gestures and then body gestures that, yeah. you know, scientists uh, have identified that, that directly correlate to mood. We, we're, we're talking to a doctor at Cincinnati um, Hospital, Cincinnati Children's, 
who uh, has done his whole doctoral thesis and then has this whole staff, he's actually a surgeon, on um, tracking baby uh, uh, physical gesture and physical facial expressions and then breathing patterns and stuff. And, and he maintains that, uh, and it's, he has all, he's proved it all out, that you can see what's wrong with a baby well in advance just by watching them. And he's like, huh. if Connect can do this, I can save lives. And that's yeah. like, kick ass, man. We want to build that. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the idea of measuring anybody's way they walk or way they carry themselves, you can tell an awful lot. Yeah, right, right, right. Like Carl just said, it, the, and I tried to portray earlier, the use cases are endless. Yeah, and it just are. generates such exciting, you know, talk for technologists like us. Because it's so darn cool. This is like the coolest thing. It is the coolest thing, yeah. Yeah. The fact that they could have made it so cheap. Yeah, well, who knows? They they may be doing the Xbox thing, too. You know, just just selling it at, you know, under what it costs to make. Just right. to get it out there just in the market. Out there. Dominate the world with their software. Well, now I'm thinking in terms of uh, home automation stuff. This is the ultimate occupancy sensor. Right. Not only can I tell that there's definitely a person in a room, I can probably know who they are and roughly what they're doing. Yeah. See, you guys are really interested in that Big Brother stuff, man. I'm more interested in things that the user, um, off is expecting the computer to do and authorizes the computer to do. Right. Like, you know, look at what I'm doing here and tell me what I'm doing wrong. You know, instead of, you know, these surprises, oh, hey, I noticed you're happy today. That's great. Let me suggest I'm not about, I want my house to turn on the right lights for me based on where I am and what I'm doing. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good well, stuff. Well, let's just clarify that there's two main operations for this thing, if we're going to write apps for it. Uh, one is where you gesture or talk to it. You are affecting it. You're telling right. it what to do. But we keep wandering to, into it's watching you, and it can it can do that. It's watching you, and it's reacting to something you are doing unconsciously. Uh, you know, when I do the future of software thing, you know, that keynote, I always end up, as Richard Wells knows, into the, the neural-based interfaces, where software reacts to what you're thinking. Right. And um, the, the, that's a little bit scary, because, you know, if you're a male, you, you know the stats about what a male thinks about, like, 10,000 <laughs> times a day, right? So you, can't, you can't really write software and avoid that. But if you, like, the use case that people do gravitate to or, or, or understand what, that I talk about is, you know, all these, all these engineers here at Internology, they listen to music. They put their headphones on when they're slinging code. Yeah. And if you had a neural interface that, that could detect whether you liked the music or not, and, and more than liked it, you know, it could detect, detect the metrics of how you like it and, and make playlists and group it together. That's a very legitimate use case and a valuable piece of software. Yeah. Right? I, I think ultimately we'll have that. Because if you're slinging code and you're concentrating, you're not going to reach over and go, God, I hate this song next. You're right. just not. Most people aren't. But it might also derail your coding. So imagine it being able to measure your brain activity and say, oh, this is you in a productive mode, and it actually switch songs to find the most productive path exactly. for you. Exactly. It produces a playlist that is most productive for you to sling code with. That's interesting. That That's realistic. Interesting. That's totally realistic. Not not tomorrow, obviously, but you know, in in our lifetimes, in yeah, not that far away either. We, well, yeah. we had that conversation with uh, 
guy for our Smith who was using the evoke and he talked about measuring his brain activity with different music. Yeah. Yeah. The Epic headset. Is yeah. What the you're bits about. are almost yeah. all there. This is not 10 years away. This could be next year. Right. Exciting times, huh? Indeed. Sure are. Well, the, again, the, the, the funny thing is, you know, the three of us, we have gray hair, right? We, I, I talk about when I was slinging COBOL on a green screen and Windows came out, Windows 3, and, and the thought of me taking my hand off the keyboard, my right hand, and, and putting it on this mouse thing was the most unnatural thing in the world. Right, I, I couldn't imagine how could you how could you type if you had to take your hand off the keyboard and use this mouse thing. I remember that vividly, and now, right, it's second nature. And one might speculate that all this newy stuff is gonna be second nature in a timely manner. Crazy, crazy, but cool. Well, I'm gonna get busy because I got a I got a gesture pack to redo. Yeah, and you got like what? Two, three weeks yeah. before I walk on stage and demo it. <laughs> That's going to be great. <laughs> awesome. All right, Sweet. man. Well, until then, Tim, keep rocking. I know you guys are doing amazing stuff. And Yeah, uh, thanks for the opportunity, boys. Great talking to you as usual. You bet. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. Hey, thanks for listening. And remember, PluralPsych.com is where you can get 200 minutes of free video training by guests on .NET Rocks and other experts in the field. Pearlsite.com. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website, at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a